0: This is CliffCentral.com. Cliff it's
1: Money Wednesday. I'm Pumim Mashiko, and you're listening to la As we do whenever we have Money Wednesday, I've got sidekick, <laughs> chef, Michelle Davis here. Hi all. But Michelle also brought a friend today. And Claudette, let let me, uh, before I say or ask you anything, what do you actually call what you do every day?
2: I'm a financial planning analyst and I do estate and financial plans for high net worth clients. I have a legal background. I have an LLB cum laude. I belong to various societies involved with fiduciary services and trusts
1: and trusts. <laughs> trust. <laughs> trust. <laughs> the big it word. <laughs> high net, high yes. net individuals such as ourselves, Michelle. The yes. kind of, of course, lady. Yes, yes, that
0: everybody wants to be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody wants to be <gasps> Michelle, so you do estate planning, we talk a lot about this with Michelle about estate mm-hmm. planning, and the one thing that we're always chatting about is the difficult conversations women are afraid to get into, and I think today's conversation, oh my goodness, is the sure. worst one when you're getting married and choosing the marriage regime yes absolutely that you get into because you know we we have. All sorts of... Look, we're going to leave the traditional
0: (laughs) ones out. No, no, no. Let's talk about those just briefly because I think those are very important and they are recognized.
1: So I think... Okay. So I think the thing about it is we're on the... Our perfect wedding tip, OPW. (laughs) As you know, every Sunday night, the whole of Mzansi is sitting in front of their TV and we're (laughs) watching, like, the nuptials. And the one thing I'm always thinking about, as you stand up there and say, I do.
0: What do you do too?
1: Yes. What are you saying I do? Oh, I do not I do <laughs> Absolutely. Too. Yes. And before Kanye West and his hour <laughs> prenup, right, it was kind of one of those things that you thought prenups were for the super wealthy, mm-hmm. um, anti-nuptial contracts were for people with lots of stuff, and not getting married in community of property was for people who didn't actually believe that they were doing this forever. So talk to me about the different kinds mm. of... Of marriage regimes that women could get into And what each one means Because I think we also don't understand what they all mean just words, really No, absolutely I I think, you know, the
2: community that we come from And our religious backgrounds and things Do play a very big role in the marital regime that we choose However, if we just have to look at it in terms of South Africa And what does South Africa offer? Well, in South Africa you can get married in community of property now, what does that mean? Uh, what that basically means is that your estate and your husband's estate is combined and it becomes one whole estate. So on death, on divorce, that whole pot if I can call it, is shared equally between the two of you, subject to certain, you, you know, uh, exceptions. But basically, that is what community of property means. So it's not just assets. You, you know, when we think of an estate, we just think of wealth, but we forget about the part. What about the debts? So it's all of that. When you say community of property, and it's one big pot, it's a big pot full of all the money and the debt as well. Mm-hmm. So when we're sharing half of all the money, we're sharing half of all the
1: debt as well. And I think that's something that we often forget. So in community of property, look, South Africans um, and many, 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 many families are no longer the same as what was always what is in the, the Kathy and Mark kind of. Perfect family, mother, father, two Mm. kids, you know? Yes. Um, Sometimes people get into marriages, whether it's a first marriage or a second marriage, Mm -hmm. and they bring children into the marriage. What does in-community of property mean in a family that's blended? Well, what is...
2: What happens with a marriage in community of property? Essentially, it's not really going to affect the children that you have from a previous marriage unless, for instance, you adopt those children from the the marriage. Um, Then there's issues of maintenance that would come up. And, you know, marriage itself, even in community of property or any of the other marital regimes, could also bring up the issue of maintenance. So it doesn't mean, for instance, you know, that's the end of it once you split the State and things like that your spouse if she has enough grounds could go to court and ask for maintenance for herself and for the children whether it's adoptive children or children that she feels she has a ground for that even if you didn't adopt them but you maintained them these days the courts are looking at very different angles because they understand that societies have evolved and families
1: have become blended as you say. Mm-hmm. So there's the community of property. What are the regimes?
0: Sorry, can I just ask a, a quick question about the yes. community of property? Because it's something that worries me greatly with people that aren't aware of community of property ruling. So now say, for instance, I'm in a community of property marriage and we have a reasonable estate. Mm-hmm. However, on divorce, I find that my husband... Or soon to be ex-husband has actually gotten himself into so much debt. So, and then I am now responsible for half of that debt. So how does that work after the divorce is actually instituted? How, how does it, how do they do that? So in other words, how do they, how do I now, as a liable person, pay off half of that debt? How does that work?
2: Well, Michelle, that's an excellent question because very often that comes out in practice. I've had to deal with a lot of cases like that where now the the spouse, were, the husband was the one who was the one bringing in the money and he had the businesses and that sort of thing. And then the wife was, you know, stay at home mm, mom yeah. took care of the kids. And then she says, OK, we're divorcing, but how do I get the money to pay off the people basically yes. that you um, oh, money oh, too. To, yeah, it had nothing to do with me at all. But in terms of the law, I have to pay these people. Yeah, you know, there's lots of options, and that is why I think it's really important when you enter into marriage that you discuss these things because. Let's face it. We don't live a fairy tale kind of life. Unfortunately, where when you get married, everybody's debt free and everybody has a lot of money to buy a house and a car and and all of these things. So at divorce, what could happen is a wife can also claim. And I'm using you know wife in this instance to say, you know what, you are the one that broke down this marriage. Okay. So you should actually forfeit the benefits the community of property getting half of my estate she
0: ah, could say that. okay she
2: could say that however i would personally like to see ladies go into this with their eyes wide open in the sense that Thank if your you husband no. has a business yeah you know then ask the questions and say you know what how solvent is this business for instance because what can happen during the marriage is Get him and his business partners to take out assurance
0: Key men for debt. Key or buy and sell. Yes, Michelle. I yes. mean, You're a financial yes. advisor. You yes. know the
2: products that are available. Yes. There's lots of things out there and that protects
1: you at the end of the day because there's no certainty of the future. Of course. Well, and so that's in case of a divorce. Yes. We're saying. But what yes. about in cases like. A death. A death as well. Very important. And that's where a lot of our
2: estate planning centers around. Mm. Because, you know, you can be asset rich in the sense that the community of property estates, you've got a lot of properties and you've got um, a lot of businesses. However, you lack liquidity. You don't have ready cash, cash to pay the expenses in the estate. And that is why we often recommend assurance. Um, because and estate planning as well. So we always recommend, see a financial planner. Find out what you have and what you don't have. Because in your mind, you have everything. And you're yeah, for yeah. everything. And you don't have a problem with anything. That's, sure. that's everybody's attitude. You
0: know? Okay. You know, something interesting that I've also heard or know about is that if I'm married in community or property and I want to go and purchase a car. Yes. That my husband has to co-sign with me. Is that yes. true?
2: Look, in terms of the marriage act There's lots of things that You need your spouse's consent That can also hold you back a bit Jesus, it's like of... being
0: treated like a little bit of a child eh?
1: But you would have to sign on his behalf, his, as behalf well. As well. his behalf as so yeah. well So, any And uh, um, well, I suppose with the thoughts being that if if I'm buying a car and I'm married in community of property, if you have to sign, then you are aware of the debt that I'm racking up.
0: Absolutely. Because it's half-half. Because
1: we're doing it together. Yes. But then what, what happens in, in the case of we're married in community of property, we've never had any of these conversations, and now here we are. Here we are, and there is debt to be paid, or you have defaulted. So when we married, you had your own car, and then we got married in community of property, and now you're defaulting on your car for whatever reason. Can they come after me? Yes, and then you're in trouble. Basically, you're in trouble. And even on divorce, then,
2: then you could look at, you know, in terms of splitting the assets, for instance. You've got to pay off the debts. You've got to pay off your creditors. And, First, hey. yes. yeah. and then what are you left with afterwards? You're left with mm. practically nothing. So all of those big answers that you thought you had are no longer there for you.
1: In your experience, Claudette, how does one start this kind of a conversation without sounding like a gold digger?
2: Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> eh?
1: <laughs> because, look, because I think you're, you're dating, it's all yes. well and good. And then, you know, he pops the question and then you're like, yes. so... Yes, like my but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it seems like
0: yes, but we have to discuss da 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 da.
1: Yeah, oh, a little bit so of a mood you, killer. How do you how do you how do you have these conversations in your experience? What are, what are some of the the tips that you can give girls out there that are saying, mm, "Now you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Now you need to have mm-hmm. this conversation. Mm-hmm. You need yeah. to have this conversation." Absolutely. Where does one begin? You know, if I just go back and.
2: You know, the starting point when I was in practice, I always said, you know, um, to find out what's the couple's background, for instance, is your grounding in religion, in the elders of your family and that sort of thing. Um, It's always good to respect your background and then start from there as a point, because, you know, we've got a lot of modernization that's come into our communities because of the jobs that we have and that sort of thing. But where's our grounding? And our grounding comes from home with our parents, with our elders, with our religion. But it's good for us to have the knowledge beforehand, before we also speak to these people, because some things we may consider old school. But we've got to approach it from a respect point of view and respect the individual that you're going to marry as well, Um, because... Everything is not, you know, stars and hearts and, and flowers all the time. And marriage is something you have to work at. Mm. It's a job, basically. You know, it's, it's, it's another <laughs> job. So it's not that you're going to approach this person with, you know, facts and figures and tell me what you have and what I have and get to the bottom line kind of thing. But you need, when you're discussing the future, when you're discussing children, when you're discussing are we going to buy a house – It's good to bring in these points because what if the other person isn't aware of the marital regimes? So you should make sure that you are aware of these things. Mm -hmm. You can say, you know, look, I know that this is what's there. Do you think this is going to work for us? Um, Maybe we should speak to, you know, somebody who knows about these things. And, you know, for us – yeah, and for young people, especially starting off in um, different sectors in the professions and whatever it is, it's never too early to get yourself a financial advisor that you trust. True. And your financial advisor will actually steer you in the right direction in terms of seeing professionals like a lawyer, mm. an auditor, you know, that kind of thing, depending on the assets that you have. Um and I think that's a good way to approach it on a practical side but tempered with a little bit of sugar, if I
1: can put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So that's the community of property. The oh, other yes. one that everybody talks about as being the right way to, to go about it is an anti contract, you know? Okay. With accrual, as everybody says, with accrual. Don't let him get away with <laughs> So what what does that mean? What does an Anti-nuptial contract with accrual mean? Okay. Yes, you know what? It,
2: it seems like really big concepts and terms, and I think that's why a lot of people also steer towards community of property because they're a little bit... That's what know, their parents did. Yeah, and you, and you don't want to... This new concept of antinuptial and whatever it is sounds too uh, westernize and that sort of thing. But it can work for different people. And antinuptial with accrual basically means that um, you know... And if I can give you some background, when I studied it, it was recommended more for older people that enter into marriage because uh, possibly you are coming in with a lot of assets and he's coming in with a lot of assets as well. However, you both are sort of going to be business partners, if I can call it that, in the marriage. So you know that together you are going to build a substantial estate while you are married. So the accrual part of it, with accrual, it means that whatever you've come in with, whatever he's come in with, remains your separate estates. However, whatever you accumulate during the marriage is split. The part is split between the two of you. Assets and liabilities, again, I stress the liabilities part. And, you know, it involves a particular calculation and that sort of thing because it's what did you initially start off with your estate? What? Is your state worth now? And then you bring it up to today's values and then you split the difference basically. But that as well can be very tricky because as I said, the with accrual, that pot that you've accumulated, you've also got got to be very that aware of the, yes, yeah. of the debts as well. And that whatever you've accrued is sufficient to cover the debts, the joint debts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other option would be the antinuptial without a cruel, and that basically means you know what, you keep what's
1: yours and I keep what, what's mine. Mm. That's when you're getting into the fights about who brought the teaspoon. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> you know that sort of thing.
1: And and you know what I found
2: is that a lot of people have this misconception that if you choose antinuptial, you know either with or without the cruel, it means that oh, so you're starting off and telling me that you don't love me Yeah. And you're starting up this marriage by telling me, so you're not in love with me. All the stuff you have. Yes. What's yours is
0: yours. What's mine's mine.
1: So isn't
2: that kind of selfish? And I said, no, absolutely not. It doesn't mean that you don't love this person or that you're doing something that, uh, you know, means that one day you intend to divorce this person. Absolutely not. It actually means, like I said, you know, nobody comes into the marriage with a perfect... uh, White sheet basically of no debts or anything of that sort. And it's good to have your eyes open to know that, yes, this person has come in with debt. I love you. We're getting married. However, let's protect ourselves Mm -hmm. from creditors, for instance. Um, now that's an interesting
0: question. Sorry. Now I'm just thinking because now my head's spinning because I'm saying to myself, okay, so if I'm married in a cruel, yes, without the, uh, without the antenatal contract and you start a business. My husband starts a business. Mm-hmm. Okay. How would he, would he be able to protect himself by putting the business, say, or shares in the business in my name? And if something happens to the business, some of the business shares are still liquid in my name because you're still seen as two separate entities.
2: Yes. However, if he's, I'm
0: talking partner, about now being a little bit devious,
2: if he's being a partner in the business, <laughs> yes, for, for instance, yes. Well, then the shares are technically registered in his name. His name? name. Yes.
0: And if he then puts some of those shares in my name?
2: Well then that depends on him and his business Partners uh, okay. because very often A business relationship can sour
0: That's what I was thinking oh, yes. of Yeah,
2: When when the other partners realize Okay so why does your wife own Something with us? Yeah. What are you trying to do? So you start off on the wrong, wrong Foot Absolutely. with people Because
0: I've heard of this quite often
2: Yes, And one important point I just wanted To make as well with the In-community of property and if you've got A business for instance um, Often business partners enter an an agreement called a buy and sell agreement or purchase and sale for the shares, where they undertake to buy each other out on death or disability, whatever it it is. And if you're married in community of property, it's very important that you get your spouse's consent when you're entering into this. Because I think a lot of people, and I found when I've done estate plans, um, that You know, we consult with the client and it's the husband generally and he's got all of the businesses. And he says, no, you don't need to get the assets and things from my wife. It's fine. Uh, It's just all of my stuff. And they say, but how are you married? And he says, no, it's community or property, but it's my business. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely not. If you, for instance – own fifty percent of a business with somebody else. Yeah, Technically, you own twenty-five percent. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And this wife that's sitting at home and has nothing to do with the business. Sorry, if something happens to your husband's business, you are involved, whether you like it or, or not. not. Yeah, that's a problem. And if he passes away, and there isn't an agreement, and or you are not aware of things in that business, then you've got a serious problem because yes, creditors can come after you because you don't know as well. What has he signed for surety in that business? Mm. So it has a whole lot of consequences. It doesn't mean, you know, that ladies want to get involved in their husband's business and take over the business. It it doesn't mean that,
1: but they must, you must must be
2: aware, you know, be aware of what's happening because it's your estate
1: as well. It's not very romantic, eh? Hey.
2: It isn't, unfortunately. Finance, yeah, it it can be a bit dry and unromantic, and, uh, and you know, no hearts and flowers in that respect. But,
0: but I just don't. think that people need to be so aware of these kinds of differentiations of how you are married, because so often people get married, have no idea, and get the shock of their life on divorce or Absolutely. death, where they actually didn't know the stuff, and this woman's going. Oh, It's fine. He's good. He's dead, but I'm going to get 3 million. But actually she's not
2: Yeah,
0: because he owes two and a half million.
2: Absolutely. And look, even with an antinuptial that includes the accrual in the contract itself, if you've inherited something from your parents or if you've got something that you felt, you know what I really wanted excluded from this calculation, even the future, whatever, you can put that into the contract to say, um, I give at the beginning of this marriage I give my wife these gifts. However, going forward, she will accept that any business I enter into is solely mine and she won't claim for instance. But in when it comes to technicalities like that, it's always best to see a professional to find mm. out whether it's legal to do it, whether it's acceptable. And most importantly, whether it's acceptable between the two of you because you are in this marriage with this person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can donate to your wife and, and that would be excluded. Um, you can give her a gift um, just to make it a little bit more romantic, if I can put it that way, you know, you're not after the money.
1: Cluedet, you are in estate planning and you, you you speak with a lot of people that are planning in estates that are sharing what they have. Mm-hmm. Can one change their marriage regime? So today Mm -hmm. we get married, we're 25 years old, we've got absolutely nothing to our names except debt, like whatever, you know, like (laughs) the NSFAS loan, (laughs) (laughs) the NSFAS loan, your brand new car, all of that. You've got nothing but debts in your name. So you're quite happy to go into a an anti nuptial with the cruel because mm-hmm. we're twenty five and we're gonna build this empire together. Mm-hmm. And when you're thirty five, life has, you know, changed somewhat. Yes, and sure. now you want to change. And you and you know, I look at myself now, all these many birthdays later, and I think <laughs> I'm much more You are much more confident to have some conversations Mm -hmm. um, that I may not have had. You're more world weary,
2: basically. Yeah,
1: I may not have been able to have a conversation or hold my own in a conversation, even with you know, even with a a partner, someone you love, Mm -hmm. and and now you're able to. Can you change the marriage regime? You know, that's an excellent question.
2: And I was a practicing attorney for a number of years and I've actually dealt with such an application Uh, and it's called a post nuptial contract. So, what happens is you have to make an application to the high court. Um, It's best to get an advocate involved, somebody who has experience with these things, and you instruct this person that, you know what, like you said, you want to change your marital regime. It's quite a long process, it is going to cost you money, and remember that there will be creditors involved. And if this change of the marital regime is seen as you, trying to defeat your creditors out of a claim, then you've got a problem because this application has to be published that you're going forward and you're changing your regime and your creditors have a chance to actually reply to respond to that and say, we oppose it or not sure and that's so, doing it because yeah, often in a marriage uh, when there's businesses and stuff and then the husband says okay you know what let's just change it doesn't mean i don't love you or whatever it is but you know We're i know creditors are the hounding the, the, sure. the creditors are hounding me here you protect know? the house, and, and we yeah. need to do this like quick quick you know change things onto your name and whatever because yeah. you're more solvent yes you can do it it's doable However, there are consequences, there are costs. And if your creditors become aware of this, sure. they come after you. They can also regard this probably as an act of insolvency. Um, that, you know, you're basically bailing ship. And yes, those are the things you need to consider.
0: So maybe get divorced and remarried in I've the had new had regime.
2: That happen as well, Michelle. <laughs> I've had in practice, <laughs> now you're thinking sneaky, eh? Yeah,
1: but I'm just thinking <laughs> about that. That's, that's so
0: much easier. Yeah. Just Getting divorce, divorced, um, COP, it. divorce, you, get you, married in a cruel.
2: You know what? So the thing with marriage, it is emotional. Okay, to even get married in the first place, and then have that difficult conversation. Now, can you imagine years later, you're telling your wife we have to do this for practical reasons? It doesn't go down well, I have Mm-mm. to tell you. I've had situations where couples have come to me like this, where they want to dissolve the marriage, get divorced, and then get remarried. And I basically had to have a couple's counseling session with them because in as much as, you know, you accept that, yes, this is practically the thing to do You also have your insecurities That what if he is just no, lying that, to you He's me. not going to marry me he's again
1: He's <laughs> yeah I'm done what do I do? we finished And you know what, that <laughs> has happened as well he, he changes his mind Hey, I've got a friend
0: a that that happened to I promise yes. you where they moved Some of their assets to her yes. Because of solvency problems yes. And they're still divorced no, He didn't I, remarry her
2: No, I've had a situation like that where the husband, he convinced
0: the wife.
2: Yes. Absolutely. This is for the (laughs) best, the absolute best. Went to court and did it and whatever. And she did not know he had a girlfriend. (gasps) Oh, so his plan was to just get divorced all along. He was a (laughs) player. (laughs) Absolutely. She totally doesn't need him. And look, as professionals, uh, being an attorney, um, I didn't know this background and it's not... My job, basically, to do the couple's counseling and go and find out has he got somebody on the side and, and that sort of <gasps> thing it, it's your job to do the best for them in terms of what the law offers, taking and into current situation yeah. everything, all the surrounding circumstances. there are emotions that play a part, but you can't guarantee this person that he's going to come back and marry you so that is why it's so important when that that you get everything right. From the onset. Or as
1: much as possible. Right. In deciding the regime that you're going to get married in. What are the questions you should ask yourself? Even before you ask him any questions. What, are you, what should you be considering. When you think about the marriage regime. You're going to go into.
2: Well if I can just use myself. As an example. And when I started off. And all the things that I thought of. <laughs> and I think ladies. You need to know yourself. Know where you're headed. Have a goal. What is your future going to look like? Because as you said, you know, conversations that you could have had when you were 20-something are very different from what you can have when you're 30-something. And life changes, circumstances change, people grow. And either you grow together or you grow apart. Mm. So obviously, you know, you got together with this person because you had similar interests. There was attraction there. But as years go by, that can change and people do drift apart. So when you're considering that, Think about the future. Think long term. You know, very often we just li- want to live for the here and now. YOLO. Yeah, yeah. because, you know, yeah. we're riding the wave, we're enjoying things. Everything's so perfect. You don't want to stir things up. Mm-hmm. However, when are you going to stir things up? Ten years down the line. And then it could be really detrimental because what if you have kids at that point? So when you are having the conversation about where you're going to live and your ideal house and the car and how many children you're going to have, Think about you and where are you going to be 10 years from now? And it's no longer just a question that you get asked when you go for a job interview. You know, what do you want 10 years from now? It's actually a very relevant question. Mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself? What are your life goals? Mm -hmm. Is this person going to be on that journey with you? And to get to that place, what do you need? Ask yourself now, what do you need? That is why I say it's never too early to get yourself a good financial advisor, somebody you trust, somebody that's also going to be with the two of you on this journey and who's going to give you all of these tools to build not just your financial relationship with this person, but it helps with the marriage as well, because I think a lot of times couples argue about finances. Mm -hmm. And if you have all your ducks in a row in terms of where you're going and you plan from the onset, then, you know, you're halfway there, basically.
1: So I'm thinking about my 25-year-old self. And I'm wondering what, at 25, you're able to truly imagine Mm -hmm. about where you want to go. Just listening to you, Claudette, I'm also thinking that they, there's a, a very real need to have deep conversations with yourself mm-hmm. about, about money
0: Absolutely. and about what
1: you want from money. Because if money is energy, you know, it's what you put into, into the world that comes back at you. Yes. And I think when I think about women today... We're so much more independent. We're so much mm-hmm. more on our own. We, we, do, we make the world work for us. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there is such a thing, and, and with your experience, as a perfect regime. No, there isn't that
2: perfect solution. Because times change, people change. Finances change, most importantly. So there isn't that perfect solution. However, there's that solution long-term for you that's perfect for you as the individual. And that is why that conversation with yourself needs to happen. Because then you need to think to yourself, can I deal with this? If if he dies, if I get divorced and I've got children, can I cope with the situation? If I can say, yes, you know what, one day I can walk away from this and be happy with the uh, the regime in which I've gotten married in, then that's fine because there is no perfect solution. Because at the end of the day, even if you take out assurance or you do the estate planning or whatever, there will be hiccups along the way because we know life is not a straight road. There are bumps along the way, but we need to equip ourselves with the tools to get over those little bumps.
0: I'm going to be very controversial as far as looking at the different marriage regimes and maybe looking at the individuals, Mm -hmm. because I think it depends very much on your personality as well, Mm -hmm. because you're going to have some people that are going to say to themselves, you know what my goal and and really, and, and I've got nothing against this. I think this is wonderful is to be a mom to actually stay at home and to take care of my family. Yes. And then how would that impact in, in the different marriage regimes? Or you might have somebody else that says, you know what? I believe that I need to stand on my own for the rest of my life, even if I do get married. So then you've got your ANC without the accrual.
2: Absolutely.
0: Otherwise, you might have somebody that says, yes, I'd like to build, but I'd also have like to have somebody that builds with me. There you've got the ANC. Yes. With the, with, um, with with the, the accrual, accrual. Yes. So I'm saying that maybe it's also A personality thing i looking also saying at this?
1: That, that community Of property is worn out
0: Could, No not necessarily That's why I'm saying there's a lot of people Even I have friends Who are very happy to be stay at home Moms That look after mm-hmm. their families That look after their homes and they love it Because that's what they are built for That is what they are meant for So I'm saying if they are married in a community of property type of regime, that's okay.
2: Yes, absolutely. So I'm just saying it's just just the personalities. That is why I say, you know, the conversation that you have. Yes, with with yourself. yourself. As to what you want.
0: What am I now? And where do I see myself in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? What do I see?
2: And as long as your eyes are wide open as to all of the consequences.
0: And you're aware. Yes. Yeah.
2: A lot for ladies
1: to think about eh? A lot for anyone to think about It's a lot I I think more than just that it's a lot to think about It's a lot of deep honesty Absolutely Absolutely Absolutely. No and (laughs) And that's That kind of honesty I think that kind of honesty is very rare To have that kind of honesty even with yourself is very
0: rare I would prefer people being honest with themselves first Instead of getting into something And 10 years down the line going, crap, what did I do? Mm -hmm. And why am I sitting in this situation right now? Mm -hmm. So rather be aware. And what do they say? Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you are to screw somebody else. Mm -hmm. But it's a case of doing the right thing that's not just right for you, but for you in the future.
1: Let's just quickly talk about profiles. Um, Claudette, in your experience, the kind of people that thrive in community of property marriages or the kind of people that thrive in ANC with accrual? What kind of people are those? So if I'm listening today and I think, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. That's the kind of regime that I need to be in. Is there is there a profile or is it just you're out there winging it? There's
2: no exact profile. I think what's important, those people who have made successes of the different marital regimes are those people who had the trust. They had the important discussions they've had those significant talks with the other person and they've catered for those bumps in the road that's the important thing so regardless of the marital regime that you've chosen as long as you both are aware that this is what we're getting into as opposed to i'm choosing the marital regime for you or we're letting our church choose it for us Or our parents. Our our parents choose it, or the elders will sit together without us and discuss it and decide for us. No, it's the two of you going forward. So, any marital regime can work for you. Correct. Any one of it, because it depends on the conversations that you have together, the journey that you're taking, you yourself, what you want, and that you are aware. So, you can get married in community of property, and he can have all of the businesses. That's fine. However, He knows and you know that you've catered for those bumps in the road. You've catered for the creditors.
0: And that is total honesty as far as I'm concerned, as far as community property is concerned. You have to be so honest with each other because, again, if that person has more debt than the value of the business is worth, then what? Because you are carrying half that debt in essence. Mm -hmm. So, again, I think what you've said so is so valid. It's that honesty and it's the ability to communicate. And I think that's most probably why most marriages fall apart anyway, is because people don't communicate. Yeah.
2: Because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want somebody to just pass along a piece of paper to me and tell me. Sign. Don't worry, love. Just <laughs> sign. Everything's okay. Just, I just need you to put yeah. your signature here. And very often that happens. Yes. And if you're going to just sign a, sign like that, you could be signing, signing your, life. your life. Yeah,
0: you basically. are. basically
2: Yes. Your wealth in this case. Yes. Your be
1: away your wealth.
2: Because look, it doesn't mean because you are the stay at home wife that you haven't contributed towards the marriage. Being at you home, running a It's lot, a
0: huge amount.
2: Just looking after the kids alone is a huge job. It's a job on its own. Which allows him
1: the success. Absolutely. So you are contributing.
0: Absolutely. And I think that to me is so important. And I think we've spoken about these kinds of things before. Remember when we spoke about partnerships and businesses and stuff? Be aware of what you're into. And I said this in that, and I said that wives that actually may be doing the admin for their business, they should have part of the shares within that business. Because they are part of that business. Now, if you've got COP, mm-hmm. again, that impacts.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, from the beginning that you should do this. But what about the people that are already in these yeah. marriages? And, for instance, you're going to contemplate divorce or you're going through a divorce right now. You know, then… In all fairness, try and do it as amicably as possible. I know it's not always possible to do that. That's very idealistic. Um, However, couples do enter into settlement agreements Mm -hmm. at divorce, where we say, you know what, Um, you are the one who broke down this marriage. I know that. You know that. And I don't want you to completely forfeit the community of property estate because you did work hard at everything during the marriage. However, Let's enter into a settlement agreement where we agree that this is mine and this is yours sort of thing. So we're not fighting over it. Mm. Because, I mean, how much sense does it make to split a house that you've lived in for the past 20 years? Can you split a house in two? It, it, it just doesn't make practical sense. So you can enter into a settlement agreement where maybe, you know, you guys agree that the wife and the kids will live in that primary residence. And maybe he's got an apartment or something and that will go to him. So although the community or property pot is split in half, you can agree on these practicalities as well. Mm. Or, or have that in mind, you know, even when you're thinking about things, like what happens when my partner passes away? Then what do I do? Because I know he's got creditors. He hasn't taken care of that. And it's too late now because we're so much older. You know, you can look at options, speak to your financial advisor. What happens to my home at least that I can... That I don't have it? to sell
0: it Yeah, yeah to pay no, off I the creditors. It, yeah,
1: I think it, it, it raises quite a lot of incredibly amazing, amazing things that one has to think about. And I think the one thing I've definitely learned now is the importance of a, a very real and very honest conversation with yourself mm-hmm. before you have it with the next person. And so very, very, very quickly, before we say goodbye, final words of wisdom, Claudette, from all your many years of estate planning. What are the two top questions that every woman should be asking themselves about a marriage regime?
2: Firstly, do I understand what the marital regimes are? And then ask yourself, what are my goals now and for the future? Have those deep conversations with
1: yourself. Big ones, big ones. Um, And Michelle, for you?
0: I just think that, ladies, there is no right or wrong. But don't let love cloud your judgment. Make sure that you are looking to the future and make sure that you are ensuring your future is safe. So yes.
1: Oh ladies, I know I think this is it. This is how you build a lasting a lasting relationship. You <laughs> have these kind of conversations and fights up front. That you never have to have them <laughs> Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Claudette, Thank for coming for and sharing with Thanks, Thank Claudette. So <laughs> it is womanja and I hope that this conversation, like it's opened my eyes, opens your eyes just a little bit. I'll see you again next week.
0: Bye all. This is CliffCentral